Colorado is a flex fuel, so I'm thinking about switching over to that E85 ethanol stuff. Don't do it. No, you don't think so? Aren't, don't they say you get worse gas mileage? Yeah, so you get about, from what everything I read, because I have a buddy who, who has it right now on his truck, and it's about 20 to 30% in fuel economy drop, but the price is like, I, I guess the, the offset of the cost savings is is okay. So, like, for uh, instance, like right now, the way I drive, I probably get 18 miles per gallon on my truck. So you'd uh, get like four, 16, 13? 14, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I can give it a try how and see cheap what happens. But how cheap is that stuff right now? Like, let's say it's five dollars a gallon right now where we are. Yeah, about. yeah I've seen it for two ninety nine. Oh, cheap as so it's right like forty percent so. cheaper. Yeah, yeah. So it's a significant difference mm. for sure. What does it do to your engine? Does it like dirty no. it up or something? No, actually, it's cleaner for your engine because oh. it runs at a higher uh, ethan. It has a higher ethanol content, which ethanol content which burns cleaner. Than regular gasoline uh, so can you just like hey i'm on e and just throw that stuff in there yeah pretty much i get yeah guys i asked my buddy who's got it and i was just like hey did you need to like completely empty your tank yeah. out did you have to fill it with gas and just slowly mix it in there like how to work he's like nope if your car is rated for it just start filling up whenever I'm oh like, nice okay. how do you i mean are most cars rated for it not always no i know uh chevy had like there was a I don't. I mean, I don't know if they still do it, but their trucks—they had a, you know, a period where they were just literally offering it on every Silverado between like 2012 and 16, I think, or something like that. So, mm. um, yeah. So it's basically you want to look for you either have a yellow gas cap or like a yellow ring if you don't have a gas cap around your. I'm sure uh, I can't you, use it for my fusion. No, I'm no, sure I no. couldn't. And like mine has a little sticker on the window that says flex fuel E85. Yeah, yeah, you, you need know. the flex fuel thing. That's right, yeah. I yeah. I wonder if my Edge has it. It might. It's possible. It might. Yeah. I know my dad's truck has it for sure, his uh, F-150. Anyways, welcome to the show, uh, Silvertime Hockey Talk. I'm Mark. This is Justin. I decided to just hit the record button <laughs> while we're talking about uh, gas. Why not? I mean, I, hey, maybe there's someone out there with a truck who also uh, likes hockey, you know? Do those those exist? Lots of them. Uh, so there you go. There's your daily dose of, of uh, money money saving tips. We'll turn this into a couponing show next. Couponing. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay. So funny story. My sister used to be one of those people that had like the whole like booklet with like, oh, the, no. like the trading card slots in them where you could throw coupons in there. And she would literally sit there at the checkout lane and just go through her book for coupons and I mean, don't get me wrong. She would save like 20, 30 bucks, but like the effort you have to put in the clip coupons. Yeah. Yeah. You might just go get a job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> just go get a job. My, my dad, he's been building his house and uh, not working. Like he, you know, he's 60, 60. Um, he's made plenty of money, but he, uh, you know, they're building their house and, and uh, he hasn't worked now in like a year as they've been through this process and uh, he was saying like, yeah, you know, I was thinking about putting up my own gutters, but you know, it would save me 1500 bucks. I was like, dad, just go get a job. Like <laughs> it's $1,500. You can make $1,500. I mean, the way he was making money in like a couple days. So uh, yeah, just, just don't put up your own gutters. That's that you're just asking to die. <laughs> Does he have like, is his house one of those two stories where there's no like 
first story roof underneath the gutter and so you um, fall you're falling like 30 feet well no because their their house is a big ranch it's like a 2000 oh, okay. something square foot ranch with a full walkout basement um so it's kind of like it's two levels two full finished levels but yeah you know half you know yeah, the base, yeah. it's a basement but um but yeah anyways uh i digress on that but yeah you're here to hear uh, uh you're, if you're listening to this, uh, you're here to, t- to listen to us talk about hockey, as we usually do. We very rarely divert from from talking pure hockey, which I, I actually have heard from uh, a couple listeners that uh, the reason they like our show is because we don't talk about stupid shit, but <laughs> too bad. Uh, every now and then, I feel like it's fine. Uh, it's, it's one thing when you get those shows where you're like, I've been listening for 25 minutes and you've yet to even mention the Arizona Coyotes. What the hell? <laughs> so that kind of makes me, that reminds me. So I, I listened to this podcast about the, the TV show, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Yep. And they'll spend like the first 15 minutes just talking about just random shit. They don't, they'll start like for 20 seconds, talk about an episode and then they just get off on a tangent for the next 20 minutes of talking course. about other stuff. So my favorite episode is the uh, cannibal episode. Oh, That's so good. <laughs> that or, uh, um, what's the, uh, the move, move that bus guy. What's that? Uh, oh, the yeah, the extreme home makeover. Yes, show. the extreme yes. home makeover episode. So good. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're missing out. Um, on today's show, I uh, aside from talking about random stuff, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about the Edmonton Oilers as they were eliminated by the Colorado Avalanche in four games. Um, I had that about exactly opposite as you could have. Um, I said the Sears would go seven games, and I said the Oilers would win. Instead, it goes four, and the Avalanche win. Um, and I I knew the Avalanche would win, but I just kind of was like, you know, I'm going to pick the Oilers, and I feel like maybe that maybe Connor McDavid can do it again. And for once, it wasn't enough. Just wasn't enough in this series. Uh, we'll we'll get to the Oilers as well. We'll uh, we're going to talk about the four teams that were eliminated in the second round. We did we didn't get around to talking about. Uh, kind of the the future for those teams, uh, the St. Louis Blues, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Florida Panthers, and the other team that escapes me. Calgary. Calgary, yeah. There we go. Yeah. And the Calgary Flames. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about their off-seasons um, as we rapidly approach the NHL draft, which is like, I mean, the combine just happened. Uh, we we are flying. As as the, the playoffs continue, I mean, 28 teams are doing stuff. You know they're on to the next season, and we still have we're still not even done with the third round. So, uh, you want to want to talk a little Oilers first? Let's let's do it. I, I I was waiting for this one all week. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, give your give me your thoughts on the series first and foremost. Well, obviously, it's it's a situation of just how out depth that the um, the Oilers were, right? I mean, you you saw how just how dominant you know. Drysdale and McDavid were in the in the second round against Calgary, and really that Colorado depth came to play, and it was just scoring from every angle. And if it wasn't Leon or McDavid really uh, contributing either through primary, secondary assist, or really lead to goals like that Zach Hyman goal, for example, like that was all Drysdale, Drysdale, yeah, um, and, and etc. You know, um, really, if it didn't go through those two, it was just it, it was bleak you know there wasn't really much going on so uh clearly it's just a you know a situation where they've got some internal 
looking to do. And um, well, and I, I yeah. also think I, I mean, yes, they brought in Evander Kane. That was sort of a like a gift wrap for them uh, that they were able to do that. It's not too often that you know, hey, a free agent is able to just come over and sign who is hey, he's a thirty a consistent thirty goal scorer. Uh, probably was the most talented player on the Sharks, uh, uh, you know, l- at least the last couple of years. Uh, not necessarily the best player, but maybe the most purely talented player. Uh, and you just kind of get him for nothing. Uh, that's not going to happen again. I don't know that he even signs in Edmonton, but uh, it's other than him, I think that because of where they were at the deadline, I think Ken Holland went, I, I can't trade my first round pick for this team. Like this team has not earned it. Uh, we just kind of need to see what we have. And now I think you can look at this team and go, okay, uh, they can now better build around uh, what they've got going on uh, because, you know, they, they, uh, they do have a little bit of money freed up. Finally, uh, they'll have 26 million going into next off season. Miko Koskinen is finally a free agent. Uh, we'll see if Mike Smith, comes back and retired he was uh, a little bit on the fence at the end of that series but a lot of guys are uh, on the fence after losing uh deep into the playoffs um but this team now is poised to to actually be willing to maybe make some upgrades uh and trade away some of those first round picks yeah so just to you know re- just to well, I guess correct, <laughs> if that's the right word, um, what you just said. So they have $26 million next offseason and 7.1. Oh, you're right. This yes, thing. yes. I'm yeah. sorry. So you know, Cap Friendly okay. threw me off because just like today, they decided, well, let's switch. Let's yeah, eliminate the last up. season. So they moved everything over. So I keep I keep looking to the next season. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I Seven know. It's, yeah. So, I mean, really, they don't have much money to work with, right? Yes, next year they'll have a lot more money to play with, which will be great for them. But the problem is next offseason, right? You've got Leon Dreisaitl, who will have at that point one, two seasons left, two seasons. So, um, I mean, really, it's you're running out of time for this team. So you can't wait to next, until next season to really try to bolster this depth. So I mean, they've uh, got to trade. I, I feel like they've got to trade Zach Cassian. He just is not... He's not producing at the at the level that you want somebody who's making... Over no, three million bucks. I don't disagree with you. I think uh, initially the thought process was that Cassian was going to be what they well, it, basically they brought him in before Zach Hyman, and then they got Zach Hyman, and right. they realized crap. Well, we don't need Cassian anymore, so now they've got him basically on the fourth line at three million bucks, which you can't do. And so, no, especially yeah, not with a not with a top line of twenty million, uh, twenty one million dollars. Right. Exactly. And and then you look at on the back end too. So another big problem, right? You might have to jettison Tyson Berry because at four and a half million dollars and a right-handed shot, teams are going to line up to take a guy who's still got some offensive ability. There's no way and, they're going to deal him. You think? Well, I don't know. I mean, if you're trying to free up cap space, Duncan right? Keith, right? Well, yeah, but no one's going to take five and a half million dollars. LTIR that Keith. bitch. <laughs> Not only that too, but he's got a full no move clause. So, uh, yes, you know, but his he, salary is only, is only $1.5 million. Sure. For a team like maybe, say, Arizona or Seattle that's at the bottom of the cap, you know, and really looking to, yeah, maybe that might be a possibility. But again, if you're Duncan Keith, you can just veto that right away because you're in a good situation where you're in a location that you wanted to be in. Edmonton was your really only choice to move from Chicago. And then not only that, too, but 
yeah, now you're going to go to a team that's at the bottom of the league? Like, no, if I'm Duncan Keith, I'm saying no to that. So, um, you know, at that point, you might as well retire, right? And then, I mean, and then being over 35 anyways, the Oilers are going to be on the hook for that. So, uh, actually, wouldn't the Blackhawks be on the hook for it? Well, they'll be on the hook for part of it, yes. Um, But it's kind of like the Luongo situation where he signed that contract in, in Florida. He retired. And so Florida was on the hook for a little, but so was Vancouver. So they signed be some it in Vancouver and then was traded. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, yeah. So yeah, and the other the other uh, question mark then is is also goaltending because Mike Smith. I mean, at times he played very well, and other times uh, you could have definitely had a different goalie, <laughs> and they yeah, might have fared if better. If there was any part of the ice he didn't flop on, I didn't see it. Right. right I mean, that's, right. this guy was everywhere, and yes, there were times. Where he he looked elite, like he was one of the best goaltenders in the playoffs. But you know, there were a lot of times, especially that that those last couple of games against Colorado, I looked at some of those goals and I'm like, bro, really? Like you you could have made that stop. There were there were quite a few of those. And yes, uh, and and honestly, yeah. though, most of them, I'll say the the overtime goal against Colorado, the the first overtime goal, um, or no no no, it wasn't an OT. It was the one with like a minute left or a few minutes left. Maybe that was game two or three. I don't. I don't remember now. Uh, that that he let in like it just kind of like went through him. Uh, that mm-hmm. one was that one was bad. Uh, Oilers had tied it up, and you, yeah, you just he just kind of sh- the bed right there, and he did it against L.A. Um, I don't think that he's the reason why they lost to Colorado. You know, I I don't think they were beating Colorado. The, the way that Colorado was playing in that series, they weren't going to lose. No, I, I don't think – I agree with you. I don't think he was the reason they lost. I think this team just the, – the defense alone was just terrible, right? When you're giving up 40 shots a game, I mean, you're not going to win. You're not going to win hockey games no matter how good your goaltender is. You just can't survive for that long without – You know, can if you just, have Shesterkin in net. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the Rangers have been giving up 40 shots every game. You're right about that. But for me, I think this the the back end, the defense was really more of the problem. Like, I, don't get me wrong, Darnell Nurse is an is a fine defender, but he's no Cal McCarr, and he's getting paid more money than than Cal McCarr right now. And you know, if I'm an Oilers fan, I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, bro, we needed more out of you, more offensive production. His defense was okay, but the rest of the team just kind of shit the bed as far as playing defensive hockey is concerned. And you know, again, too when. Darnell Nurse is getting nine and a half million or nine point two five million bucks. He's not even on their top power play unit. Like to me, that's a concern. Right. And, and now, see, at the same time, that is where, if the Oilers thought they were going to be in this position, do you think they might have traded that first round pick and gone after a defenseman? Whereas they they really didn't. You know, they. Uh, and I, I got to think Evan Bouchard, Philip Broberg, those guys are going to take a step. Uh, hopefully into next year. Uh, they're both still on ELCs. Brober with two years left. Bouchard with another uh, year left on his ELC. So uh, they at least defensively have some some wiggle room. Uh, Clefbaum, we'll see. I I wonder if they deal Clefbaum uh, at four point one million. I wonder if he ends up getting uh, getting shipped out. Uh, him, if Duncan Keith would leave, I think they'd trade him. But yeah, who, I mean, listen, if Clefbaum, if they, you know, figure out that he's healthy, right. And they, they bring him back off of, uh, you know, the LTIR, they can buy out his contract and they would save about, you know, a little over 3 million bucks in cap space. So 
you could potentially buy him out. Uh, but again, that's assuming he's healthy, right? Because you have you can't buy anybody out on on injured reserve. So sure. well, and if he's on injured reserve, he doesn't matter. You know, he, you can, right? Exactly. You can go over. Um, all right. Last question over under Evander Kane. Uh, let's say, do you think he's going to get more than six million dollars in the open market? First off, whether it's from the Oilers or not, six million bucks over under. Yeah, I I would I put him between six and seven million bucks. I think uh, depending on again, you know, everybody's going to wait on Johnny Goudreau and see if he signs before free agency because if he's off the market, Evander Kane's price just goes up. Right now, again. Term is a whole other question with this guy. I wouldn't, you know, give him seven years, six or seven years. No, but three years, yeah, at six and a half, seven million bucks. I, I mean, there's there's teams that I, I could see doing that. Yeah, I yeah, I think if he wants to, now, if he wants to stay in Edmonton, what does he sign for? Five. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, listen. Uh, Would Edmonton keep him at five? I think you're going to have to get him in probably around Zach Hyman's price at five and a half million yeah. bucks. I think that's what it would take, but he's going to have to take a discount, right? And for if you're Evander Kane, that's the smart move to stay in Edmonton because your career is just going to, you know, I mean, it's 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 great for your career. You're 30 years old, and you know, if you do it for another couple of years, you can, you know, still cash in on another contract. Yeah, right? just sign but a one year uh, deal right now. Right? Maybe maybe, maybe you just maybe you're willing to sign a one year four million dollar deal or something. Yeah, but with all his financial legal troubles right now, I think we're in a situation where he's going to try to cash in as much as possible. Which, uh, hey, whether you're in a financial crunch or not, I can't blame a guy for going after as much money as he can get. I mean, you only play for so long, I get it. Um, Does Vander Kane sign with the Edmonton Oilers, yes or no? Mm, Nope. Okay, yeah, I'm going with no uh, because I think that – Let's just say, based on his past decisions, I don't think he'll make a good decision this time. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Uh, well, let's let's go to the team that uh, that was eliminated by the Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames, uh, who you know kind of sit here in a position of a lot of really good players being free agents: uh, Mangiopin, Kachuk. And Goudreau being the first, uh, the first ones to talk about Brett Ritchie, also a, a UFA. Uh, it's going to be a uh, oh, and uh, Shillington, Oliver Shillington's an RFA. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating off season for the Calgary Flames. Where are you, where where do you focus first here for the Flames? Well, first and foremost, it's Johnny Goudreau, right? Because that's going to determine your whole entire. Well, like all the next steps, right? So, you know, do we have to trade a Sean Monaghan? Do we have to free up that cap space because Johnny Hockey's contract is, you know, rather large, right? Because I, I imagine he's going to come in probably if, you know, again, assuming he resigns with Calgary, I think it's probably going to take at least ten and a half, eleven million dollars. Yeah, uh, I think he's probably he's probably shooting for Panarin money. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, why why wouldn't you? Right, you. I mean, the last couple seasons, you've been putting up more points than Panarin, and you basically drive that top line. Um, Now, again, if he wants to take a discount, and because, you know, again, they've got Matthew Kachuk to re-sign, you know, they've got pieces that I'm sure they would like to bring in in the offseason because 
Look, I, I don't think they want to get embarrassed like that again next year. Not to say that they got embarrassed by Edmonton because, I mean, listen, Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl, what they did, that's, that could happen to any team out there, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, you start with Johnny Hockey, and then obviously you have to work with Matthew Kachuk. And once you get those two guys locked up, then you can see what, you know, what next steps you can take. And, again, that might be having to deal Sean Monaghan uh, depending on you know what his injury status is, I'm sure he'll be back for next season. Anyway, I, I think so. there's no doubt that they'll that they'll deal Monahan. Well, I, you can't pay a guy six million bucks to play on the fourth line. That's just not no, possible. No, and, right? and I and I do think that if he were to go somewhere else, he could contribute in the top six. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think a think change he's of scenery. Talented enough. He, he he also he is not a Daryl Sutter guy. That's no. that's just not his jam. He's not doing well under him. And and I think you can you can easily um, get out from under it. He's young enough, you know. If it would be one thing, if he was thirty three, it would be hard to deal him. I I gotta think that. I mean, he's got he's got a a ten team no trade list. So you know, I guess he's not going to be easy to deal him to Arizona. Is is the that no? Vibe. But but here's the thing though he. He's 27 and he's only got one year left, right? So right, if right. you're a team, take a flyer, to take a chance, right? Yeah, it's easy. I mean, literally, the Flyers could take a chance on him, right? I, I know they're looking for a top line, you know, a, a you know a top six centerman. They would love to, you know. I'm sure Monahan would kind of fit in there. Maybe they have to send you know JVR back the other way or something. I don't know, but uh, you know, still, that would be I, a little I, too much money. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> but still, I think there are plenty of teams, you know, even outside of his modified no trade clause. Um, you know, his 10 team list that would be willing to take a gamble. And hey, how really, this? it wouldn't. I have, yeah, a, please. I have a, I have a trade. We have a trade. Um, what if you were to trade Sean Monahan to the St. Louis Blues? The Flames hold on to 2 million bucks. Okay. Uh, the, the, right now, the, the Blues have 9 million in cap space for next season uh their free agents are they they don't have a whole lot in terms of ufa rfa they're they're okay uh this season so you bring in sean monahan and sean monahan fits beautifully with the st louis blues a team full of depth he could play on the on the second on the third line uh tyler bozak's gonna be gone uh we'll see if david perron resigns in in st louis uh but if he doesn't, Monahan can play in the wing. He can play center. He kind of offers a lot of what the St. Louis Blues uh, are about. Is that you know that moving moving piece where you can kind of drop a guy anywhere you want in the lineup, and he probably would produce given the right line mates, the right assignment. Uh, he's and he's still a good defensive forward. Uh, I wonder if he'd fit well in St. Louis. It'd be a good a good little uh, little spot for him. Just just saying, just throwing it out there. Yeah, I don't disagree with you that I think the St. Louis part would be a good fit. But as far as money, all that stuff, I just think St. Louis has got enough talent. They've got enough players right now. Um, having to re-sign David Perron, I think they're just going to hang tight, do their thing, and just go into next season. Maybe they try to figure out something different on the goaltending situation. Well, how much um, is David Perron going to get? I mean, this is a guy who's consistently put up, you know, point per game almost the last few seasons. And uh, at 34, I, he still got it. He's not I getting think, $8 you know. million, though. Oh, no, no, no. I think maybe $4 million bucks. 
four and a half. I think you probably bring him in around that price. And I, I think he could. I think somewhere in the league, he could probably get a one-year deal at like six and a half or seven million. Yeah, sure, but I think he's comfortable in St. Louis and. He gets plenty of ice time, and he's, you but know, again, he's in a I good say, situation. Okay, let's say he takes a $5 million deal. There's still uh, $4 bucks available for Sean Monahan. Sure, yeah, but the problem <laughs> is, is like I think if you're moving, I think if a team wants to take a chance on a guy like Sean Monahan, they ideally have to have a fit for him in their, you know, maybe middle six at worst, um, you know, at the center position or on the wing, or else, really, it's not worth it to me, right, taking a flyer. Unless, again, Calgary is willing to give you a first-round pick, right? Then I don't care where you fit him in uh, on the lineup. In the True. For yeah, one yeah. Year, so. Well, <laughs> and if they're given a first-round pick, you're taking the whole salary. You're taking it all. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. Another good, another good spot for him might be uh, to rejuvenate. Might be the Columbus Blue Jackets, who uh, always seem to have a need for a center. Uh, uh, don't count out Boston because uh, if Patisse Bergeron doesn't uh, come back, that might be an easy, easy snag for the Bruins to try mm. to get themselves a, a top six center. Yeah, if you think he's a top six center, I guess that's right. The, that's the crux of the whole thing. Um, yes. Now, okay. Once, do you think they resign Johnny Gaudreau? Oh, that's a tough one. I think right now I would probably put it at sixty forty and sixty percent in Calgary's favor right now. Um, it is tempting because a guy of this caliber hasn't come on, you know, the free agent market since John Tavares, right? I mean, a guy that produces yeah. at this level and. Uh, you know, he's got a good hockey IQ. He plays good at both ends of the ice, right? I mean, there's a reason, you know, he and that top line led the league in plus minus. It's it's no fluke. I mean, yes, uh, Sutter's system, you know, had a lot to do with that, but I think he is very responsible defensively on both ends. So, you know, again, I, I'll slightly, I'll give Calgary the nod because I know he wants to stay there, but it's tempting because this is really going to be the only time in his career where he can really go out, unless he signs a two-year deal or something. No, but, he's not going to do um, that. Yeah, which isn't going to happen. But he can go out and cash in and really, you know, really make bank and push close to that that uh, Connor McDavid money. So Over, under $10.9 million. Ooh. Because uh, he's getting I'll, a max deal. Yeah, I mean, boy, I'll go over just to say he goes at $11 million. Okay, so an $88 million deal, if it's from yep. the Flames. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I just I have an inkling someone's going to, you know, it would give them that in free agency, so I think Calgary will pony up. I, I think they have to. I mean, also with Milan Lucic, with one year left on his deal, you know that $5 million bucks plus has fallen off, and you're they're in a good, they're in a really nice spot in terms of the rest of their set. I mean, they have... No one on their team more than like I mean you've got Monahan at six point three, but you've got Markstrom at six, and everyone else is below five point three five. But here's the question: If you give Goudreau eleven million bucks, what do you got to give Kachuk? Right? Are you going to give him ten nine million bucks? I I mean, man, you're going to have to because I think Kachuk is really the true captain of this team, right? I think he is the future. 104 points. You gotta, you gotta think he's looking at Marner and saying, you know, that give me Marner. But, and you know, and, and the thing about Marner, Marner signed that deal with, uh, with a lot more RFA years left. Uh, Matthew Kachuk can go to arbitration 
and become a UFA next year. So, yeah, so he has the- a he has a big hammer. I I wonder if Kachuk and Goudreau sign for the same exact amount. It wouldn't surprise me, but here's the thing: if Goudreau doesn't resign, if I'm Matthew Kachuk, I'm not taking more than a one or two year deal, so I can look at UFA, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, money and see what I can get out there. Absolutely, especially with the the flat cap going away here soon. So, yep, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, if Johnny Goudreau decides to leave, ugh, there's it's it doesn't look nearly as pretty. <laughs> right. That's uh, I mean, it, that's akin to any team losing their best player. I mean, it, it's going to make things look much more bleak. Um, all right, well let's uh, let's shift gears. Let's go to the uh, to the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, Carolina Hurricanes, they uh, they just couldn't hang with the New York Rangers. They couldn't score. <laughs> they uh, they could. I mean, Shesterkin was good, and uh, I I thought that they might end up pulling it out, but. The Rangers found found a way, and what what do you think needed to be improved for the Hurricanes to beat the Rangers? And frankly, for the Hurricanes to like to get over this hump, they've been in this like they they make a playoff run almost every year. They're getting out of the first round, and they just can't seem to get past the elite teams. Well, first off, you got to win on the road, right? I mean, that's a good start. That would help. Yeah, but, I mean, to me, I think the one thing that would really put them over the hump, um, you know, again, I, I think, you know, Freddie Anderson going down sucked, but yes. Antti Ratna was not the problem at all. I think he did a phenomenal job filling in a goal for this uh, for this team and really stepped it up. You know, I think they're back in. They've got really good pieces. You don't need anything up front, but I think with this team, you know, potentially losing Vincent Trocek, uh, Nino Niederreiter, I, you know, Max Domi might leave. I don't know. Um you know, who knows if they get him re-signed or not. But um, I think the one thing this team could really use that would put them over the top is that superstar player, right? That that guy who well, that's really Andrei is a line Shvetchikov, driver. Isn't it? Well, it's supposed to be, right? That's That was the, the thought process when they gave him this long-term deal. But, um, you know, hey, at $7.75 million, I'm not disappointed with what he's producing. I it's mean, in the playoff, he, is, he didn't have a great playoff. Five points in 14 games, that's just... No. That's not going to cut it for... Uh, uh, the quote unquote a best player on a team. I mean, Aho had an okay playoff, uh, eleven points in the fourteen games. But yeah, you're right. I mean, their their big guys didn't didn't really come to play the way you want them to. Right, and maybe Seth Jarvis is that potential future superstar. But to me, I don't I don't foresee that now. Um, you know, maybe what you need to do is, for example, like there's rumors flying around right now that you know Pasternak might not re-sign with Boston because he doesn't get along with their GM, Don Sweeney, um, and he doesn't like the way, you know, things went, you know, down with, you know, Tory Krug, et cetera. Um, and they just fired Bruce Cassidy, too, which is a whole other thing. But, um, I you know, thought again, that, that... I think it was Brad Marchand didn't like Bruce Cassidy. That's what I was Well, hearing. no. Brad Marchand didn't like Bruce Cassidy. Right. But pa- Pasta doesn't like their GM, Don Sweeney, hmm. uh, from what I understand. So... Well, um, I don't think Pasta but, liked being taken out of that line well i'm sure he doesn't either but uh you know again if patisse bergeron doesn't resign there's already rumors floating around that they may have to entertain trading pasta so like what i mean is in in short here is 
Carolina could use a guy like that, right? I mean, every team could, but I think that's the one thing Carolina needs right now is someone to step up and be that superstar who can take over a game if needed and really put them over the top. Because, look, you look at you know Edmonton we just talked about, right? If, if they get in trouble, they don't get all their lines scoring. If they don't get that depth scoring, they've got a guy up front, you know, two guys up front, really, that can take over a game and just put the team on their back and win. Now, Carolina, I look at this team and say, maybe Sebastian Ajo can do that, maybe. But, you know, there's nobody else on this team that I really look when they're, they're not getting scoring from their depth, when they're not getting scoring from their top stars. There's really nobody on here that I, I look at and say, you know what, they could go out there and win you a couple games on their own, right? It's just not there. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I personally think Bergeron's coming back. I think that the firing of Bruce Cassidy had a lot to do with Bergeron, and uh, I think it's he'll be back. He's going to give this one more shot, and you know who else is going to come back? David Krejci. <laughs> now that Bruce Cassidy's gone, David Krejci will come back. Well, that would make Pasta happy too, because apparently he was, you know, the rumor is he was upset the way, uh, you know, Don Sweeney took care of. Um, you know, David Krejci to let him walk like that, but uh, you know, we'll see. I guess. But well, but I thought I don't Krejci, Krejci wanted to leave. Well, yeah, Krejci wanted to leave, but you know, under the surface, there might have been a reason for that, right? He didn't, maybe didn't get along with Don Sweeney. I, I so. heard that it was that he uh, wanted to play in the Czech Republic for at least one year, yeah, uh, because he wanted his family to to live over there and like experience it or something. Anyways, well, uh, it yeah. does never surprises me when. Wait. Uh, Players have been in the same organization for a long time. That's when the, those those relationships they're hard to maintain over yeah, it's, long. It's like periods family; of you get mad every once in right. a while, right? I mean, right? Yep. Um, does peace? What do you think? Does Bergeron come back? Yeah, I think so. I, I think he takes another shot at this because I think right now their window. Granted, they're going to start the season off, you know, with half the the core on sure. IR, but. Um, I still think the core of this team is is good. Yes, I do think they they played above expectations or where I think they probably would have been. Uh, but I still think this is a playoff team. And once they get in the playoffs, I still think they're good enough to compete. And um, you know, with with that core group of players they have, I still think they're good enough to to make a run at it. So um, why not? Right? Why not come back for another shot? So, Will Bergeron sign a one one a one year? Well, I don't think it'll be a one one and one. I think it'll be a one year, but. He'll get a little bit more than that. I mean, he might sign for like five mil, four mil. Yeah, I don't know. But right now, they only have two million in cap space. Yeah, I, I think you'll you'll see some players get moved, and especially yeah, got with a lot the LTIR, the defensive side. Marshan and and McAvoy's going that's on IR. True. That's going to free up space too. So that's true. That's um, a good point. But I don't know how we yeah. I don't know how we we got on the Bruins, but we did. <laughs> yeah, and again, I I think goaltending their set. I think their defense is still phenomenal. But for me, you know the one piece that's missing is just that superstar up front. I think that they, they could use to get themselves over the top. Okay. Um, one, just, I just want to ask one question with the Florida Panthers. Does Claude Giroux resign with the Panthers? Yeah, I think it's going to take some wiggling. I think he wants to stay there and I think he'll take a discount because this team is still in my mind, um, you know, Stanley cup contender when oh, yeah. everybody's healthy and firing. So yeah. uh, why wouldn't you want to stay there? Cause I don't think he's going to, there's not too many other teams that are at this level of, you know, compete, uh, with this kind of talent, um, that I think, you know, really he's going to have options for in free agency. So, um, really he likes it there and that's where he wanted to go to begin with. So why not stay there? Agreed. Uh, and so far, Andrew Burnett still, still hanging tight. 
yeah, that that'll be that'll be interesting to see, especially with. Uh, I don't think know, he's Bruce. getting dumped. <sighs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> think he's getting fired. You would have fired him already. I, would you though? I don't know. At this point, I, mean, I think maybe, you would have. I think maybe you you're waiting to do all the exit interviews. Uh, oh, that's you know, done. The, I I don't. I don't. Yeah, all really those know are it. done. I mean, it could happen at any time. I mean, look, Boston's been done for a while, right? But they waited. That's true. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. So, yeah. Who I, knows? Yeah, and I, I get you're not really too concerned about the draft. Um, maybe, yeah. I wonder how much of it would have to do with uh, with some of these these contracts. I mean, if Barkov likes him, he's staying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and, for sure. And then, so here's a question too. I guess uh, speaking of you know veteran guys do you think joe thornton is coming back this year too i mean i don't think it's with florida but do you think he resigns anywhere no okay i think he's done fair i i i mean who knows maybe he's going to be like the chelios like just keep on hanging on <laughs> go somewhere sign a sign a uh you know like i've uh one of those league minimum uh, no sign one of the uh the like play in oh the like, pto trial the pto yeah 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 <laughs> that would be insulting. Um, <laughs> Almost is. <laughs> they also, I mean, we're one year away from Jonathan Huberdeau becoming a UFA, and that is going to be bananas. Uh, probably going to yeah. get very similar dollars to Johnny Goudreau. And he also, he had a bad playoff. He only had one goal in 10 games. Uh, didn't play the best in the playoffs, but uh, he's still going to get paid. <laughs> this this right. league is is eighty percent what you do in the regular season. Let's be honest; like it, it's so hard to go. Well, yeah, I know that was ten games, but over the course of eighty and over the course of hundreds of regular season games, here's what I did, and teams pay on that. I mean, you can you can all like guys who have had bad playoffs. All it takes is one little switch, and and in a, a different year, they're a point per game in the playoffs, and they roll and they shake that whole "oh, this guy doesn't show up in the playoffs" kind of kind of mantra. So, uh, I think Jonathan Huberdo is going to get oh my gosh, he's going to get a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a bunch. And then, like on the opposite end of what you just said there too, right? So guys show up in the playoffs, they. I mean, for example, Ben Sherratt showed up last year in the playoffs, was a big name in the trade deadline, and then just vanished this year. And so I think he hurt himself, right? Um, sure. You know, come free agency, I think there's there's not going to be a lot of – I mean, luckily for him, there's not a lot of big name free agent defensemen. I mean, it's Jonathan Kleinberg, and that's about it. So Yeah, I be mean, Ben Sherratt's go still going to – he's still going to get paid pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, you know, coming off of making – well, is he making like $3.5 million? I got to think he's probably going to be a four and a half, five million, uh, just because he's so valuable. Maybe not a super long deal, another three year deal, two year deal, but he'll probably find some team willing to uh, willing to shell out for him. Yep. So. All right. Well, I think that that's uh, that's our show. <laughs> uh, any thoughts about this Rangers Tampa series? I think we that that's where we'll close. It's two two right now. Where do you see this one going? Oh, it's it's so hard. I mean, yes, I picked the Rangers to win this one, um, just because um, you know I've been I've been uh, loving everything. I mean, it, it's always the goaltender for me, right? I I love. I mean, this is one of the best goaltending matchups ever. Yeah, it's truly it's phenomenal. Ever. 
But I just, I mean, really, uh, you know, you looked at game one and I kind of threw that one away because, you know, or Tampa Bay had been off for so long, right? right. right? You're going to come back. And I figured that was going to happen. And you kind of saw it towards the end of game two where Tampa just sort of got their mojo back a little bit. And I don't really believe in, you know, momentum that much, but I do think, you know, if there is a little bit of that going on, I think Tampa's got that going right now. And so, um, I mean, really, it's it's the best of three right now. And so the Rangers have got to find a way to not, you know, let Tampa put up 100 shots every game. and uh, 50-something <laughs> I mean, the other game. Yeah, and now they've got to deal with injuries. I don't know if Ryan Strom is, is done for the series, what's going on with him and, and Philip Hedl. I mean, that kid line has been the most consistent line from game one of round one for them. And, I mean, we don't know what's going on with him either. Injury-wise, he left, you know, game four. And didn't return. Yeah, Strom, and so, Strom, Heedle, and Point are all game time decisions. Right, and it you know for Tampa they've got I mean such a structured game and such they know what to do they they're great at time management they don't have to worry about you know Braden Point as much as maybe another team would have to so um, you know this this might hurt. Luckily for the Rangers they they have Andrew Cop who can play center too so that won't hurt them as much there. But uh, now you've got a slide you know. Barclay Goudreau in that third line center spot and uh, hope he you know fills the gap I guess yeah I wonder if I with point I'm wondering if you're just going no we're, we're waiting we're waiting one more game yeah you might I mean might as well wait till your backs are against the wall right there's no point in rushing him because right. yeah Cooper, you know, Cooper said I'd be surprised if he plays this next game honestly but I'm not going to sit here and say he's out for the series anymore so I it sounds like he's not going to play game five. Uh, yeah. Even though they're opening open to the possibility. They're saying, I don't know, which uh, the, he's not going to play game five, maybe game six, give him another two days. Uh, but you, you're still picking the Rangers. Are you going Rangers in six or seven? <sighs> no, I'll go Rangers in seven. I still, I'm, okay. I'm sticking with my pick. I, I, I just want to see, I mean, I just want to see the Rangers go up against uh, Colorado. I think that'd be a fun match. I mean, honestly, any, Either two of these teams against Colorado is going to be a fun matchup, but uh, you know, I just want to see Shosturkin. I want to see Shosturkin. That's all. I think I have. I picked Tampa in six, so uh, I still got a chance. You still got a chance. I got a chance. Um, yeah, I mean, personally, the Tampa Colorado final—that's your—that's the most epic possible final because you've got the best, the absolute best team in the West against the defending three-time Stanley Cup champion. Uh, I mean that. Uh, the Rangers have kind of been this. Uh, they've they've worked their way through the playoffs. You know, they had a fortunate first round. They very easily could have been out in the first round, and they they've worked their way to this position. They could get to the finals. I think they'll get destroyed by Colorado. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Tampa, I think Tampa would be an if if Tampa could beat Colorado, that would be. Their their most like the biggest series win that they've had in this whole entire run, which is saying something. Yeah, I will say for the Rangers, they have achieved. I mean, they've they've done the the rebuild quicker than you know since that letter was written, right? Uh, and they decided they were going to rebuild. They've they've gone through this process quicker than I expected, right? I didn't expect them to be this kind of competitive conference final team for at least another year. So yeah, at least. Yeah, at um, least. So. And and you know the crazy thing about it, they might not be back for four years. You know that's just the way that it works. You you don't, there's no guarantee you're getting back to the third round. 
Very few teams get to the third round multiple years in a row. Now look at this year. There's one team that is back in the in the conference final. Well, was Colorado in the conference final? No, they they were in the second round. They lost last year. So, I, I mean, only one of four made it back to the conference finals. Uh, there is no guarantee ever that you'll make it back, uh, and definitely not every year. So, all right. Well, that is our show. You can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Justin, enjoy the rest of uh, what's left of the the evening, and uh, to our listeners. Enjoy game five, six, and maybe seven uh, as we head towards the Stanley Cup Finals. We'll talk to you soon.